This call is being recorded. All right, everybody. Thank you for uh, coming to the Your Gift Conference call and podcast. Uh, this is your host, Patrick Pete, the gift coach. And along with me are Milton Holt, the founder of the Winning Hand Strategies. Make sure you go to his uh, fan page on Facebook and like it. And also we have Alan Andrews and Kim Andrews, the power business couple. Their, ob their objective and goals in life are to help you be able to take your lemonade stand and turn it into a lemonade uh, empire. And Milton's winning hand strategies are to help you be able to have a winning hand no matter what hand you're dealt. So before I uh, introduce our powerful and amazing speakers, and I'm gonna tell you right off the bat, this guy, the 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 Holmes is Kevin Holmes is my best friend in in the world. I mean, I got a lot of people that I consider uh, my best friend. This dude right here is right at the at the top of the heap and uh so just be 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 ready no matter what i say he gonna chop it down so he's gonna you know you know if i say he's a million uh a millionaire real estate agent he gonna say you know that he got a million pennies but he don't have a million dollars but uh i need you to listen to his story and his wife's story because there's a powerful <coughs> message in their story so before we start with that, I just want to, you know, sort of give everybody an idea about, you know, what being a gift coach and what gift coaching is about. So, you know, my belief is that we all have a gift and and that each of us need to know, master, and operate in that gift. And if we do those things, then I believe that we'll be able to be empowered to live the kind of life that we want to live, that in effect, your gift will make room for you. And so I'm bringing these two people, Kevin and Tom Holmes, because I have a history with them of over 20 years of relationship. A lot of us, you'll find out on this phone, we're all, we sort of all are in relationships because we all came from a, the same church body, First Baptist Church of Glenard. And so I want to introduce Kevin and Tanya Holmes. Uh, Kevin is a real estate agent. Um, who's very successful at what he does. And Tanya um, has her own business, uh, subcontracting, working government contracts. Uh, uh, primarily, I'm going to say doing, you know, management, project management, and just strat uh, strategy uh, to help companies be able to, you know, know how to properly manage and strategize. She probably can tell it better than me. But, but both of them are very skilled in what they do. They're both graduates of uh, Norfolk State. Uh, they both have two amazing children. One just graduated from uh, Georgetown. Uh, the other one uh, is at Old Dominion. And what I want to highlight with them is what I observed as a friend uh, and a brother. What I saw in them is that you can be successful in every, every, every area of your life, in every area that I've observed in their life, I've seen success. And part of why I believe their success is that they have uh, really operated in a position of covenant gifted relationships. So they're married, but I've seen how their gifts 
working in concert has really empowered them to do a lot of things. So whatever he whatever he he tamps down, give it about fifteen to twenty percent more. That's actually what it is. But he's gonna say it's nothing. But she just raised it up to twenty uh, percent to twenty five percent more than whatever he says. So without further ado, I want to introduce Kevin and Tanya Holmes. Hey, it's Tanya. <clears throat> Thank you, Patrick. Hey, hey, Patrick. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot if I if I could for a moment. Could you ask like a framing question to sort of kick this off? And, and I say that and I say that for one reason. Kevin and I have been married for 25 years. Mm-hmm. We have no idea where to start because for us, we've just been living, right? Right. So if you could ask us a question to help put us in the right direction. Absolutely. So the first question I'm gonna ask y'all is. Do each of you know what your gift is? And in what way, if you do, did your relationship together help manifest that gift in the other? And and so just do you feel the first question I'm asked, do you feel that you did that both of you know what your gift is, what it is that you present and you bring to the world? I guess that's the first question. And then then the subsequent question is how did your relationship play a part in the the, the, the the fullness and the manifestation of that gift operating. I'm going to defer to you. You go first. I'm going to defer to you. <laughs> um, you know what? <clears throat> I can honestly say that that I didn't wake up knowing what my gift in life was. In fact, uh, I was operating, had been operating my gift for years, and not knowingly knowing that's what God called me to do. And that is the gift of encouraging people and blessing people and just, you know, and helping them, helping them in any way possible. And, you know, when I met you, you know, we were praying together, studying the Bible together. But if God brings people in your life, you know, I've been very, very, very fortunate to run into people who may have been at the mountaintop that goes into the valley. Mm-hmm. And then when I meet them in the valley, they're just regular people, and they are sent back to the mountaintop. And, they, and I've had tremendous friendships, and I am super blessed to have God put so many positive people around me, and for me just to encourage them, and they encourage me in return. And I've just been a student of watching people and learning, learning from people. Absolutely. I think that really highlights kind of our relationship, you know what I mean? Because um, to tell you how we became friends, uh, my cousin, my cousin committed suicide. And so I didn't really know Kevin, but at that moment in my life, I didn't really have the funds to go to her funeral. And so this is not a normal, like normal cousin relationship. This is like really two children who were living in a dysfunctional environment and we emotionally codependent, me and my cousin, on each other. So we used our relationship with each other to survive, really. And so she was close to me in a way that, you know, was just really, really close. So when I heard that she had taken her life, I didn't really know what to do because I didn't have the means to to be able to go home to be at a funeral. So I just want, I want to frame the picture for you. So I'm a young guy. And I don't really know what to do right now. 
And you know, my cousin, I, you know, I'm going to be very transparent. My cousin, you know, was, you know, got hooked on crack to, you know, in the late eighties, she got hooked on crack and was all involved in that. So she was all always looked at, you know, in a negative light by everybody. Everybody was telling me, you know, don't come home. Don't, you know, don't waste time coming home or whatever the case may be. And this guy didn't even, he barely knew me. I mean, we, we just knew each other at church. And he, he just grabbed me. You know, I'm a pretty big guy. This other thing about Kevin, Kevin's a fearless guy. You know, okay, just grab me and say, come with me. I mean, I don't know this guy from, you know, this dude telling me to come with him. You know, dude takes me to his cousin who works for an airline, gets me a ticket, and sends me on my way the next day. And so I just want to highlight that story because I want to just sort of frame why he's on the phone, why his wife on the phone, because he's actually operated in his gift all his life. And I think he's, that his gifting is really what created the, the synergy that, that brought him and his wife together. So, Tanya, sort of give your piece of, of, of that, yeah. you know, in terms of you know, it's, it's kind of interesting how you look at that same situation. Right. So, <laughs> it's funny, um, and I, I so appreciate, Patrick, what you went through and how Kevin came to your aid. But as a young wife, watching my husband, every single time someone needed something, he was right there. <laughs> Right? He was like, oh, okay, I know that we have a young family and finances are tight, but I have got to help my friend. He's in need, and, you know, I just want, I want to give him this $20 or whatever. I'm using that as an example. And mm-hmm. so watching him operate in his gift, I didn't look at it as a gift. I was like, dude, just sit down. That man didn't ask you for his... <laughs> For any help, and and, we, and I can laugh about that now. I'm just being completely transparent. Back then, he would make a move, and I'm like, for what reason are you doing that? For, and so I questioned a lot of what he did in our earlier years of our marriage. And I think as time um, passed, we began to grow with one another. I began to embrace it and like, this guy really has something. He cannot. He can't stop himself from helping people. Kevin will go into a situation where we're in a, I don't know, we could be in a grocery store. The cashier is ringing up our groceries. He will strike up a conversation. He will figure out that person's name. This is all in a time of getting groceries bagged. Figure out that person's name. They would have shared something very personal with, with him that they may not have shared with anyone else, let alone a stranger. They would have told him something personal, and then he would have given them some, given that person some advice on how to move forward, along with his business cards. And then months will go by, and that person might call again. This week, I think he's had that happen two or three times, and it's just Tuesday. <laughs> it's so irritating, <laughs> but it truly is a gift. He is he is, is he's wonderful. I mean, I I really appreciate it. And- and and listen, here's what I, here's the first point that I want to make to people, because a lot of times what people say to you is that is that they ask you, well, what? How do I know my gift? And what people tell you is, what do you like doing? What 
what is it that you do with with ease and all the other things? And those are important points. But I want to talk about the difference between the gift, that thing that God put in you. Here's, you know, and whether you are a believer in scripture or not, this, this has an ex, is an existential quality to it, this this biblical verse, which is before you ever born, this this is what the scripture says, before you ever born, I knew you. In other words, you know, God is saying that before you had a name, before you had a body, there was an essence of who you were, and that essence is divine in nature. And so what I want to highlight with people is the understanding of this, because watch this, his desire to help people fuels the things that he does that more or less manifest his gifting. So he's a realtor, but he's not a realtor because he loves houses or he's a realtor because he's trying to make money. He's a realtor because he can help people from that framework. And so because he can help people from that framework, he's successful. So, so the, so the real estate, um, business is merely a vehicle from which his gift operates. And so, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to highlight. This is, this is, this is one of the things I got from him was I'm thinking all these things I needed to do, but I didn't, but that's not really who I am. You know, actions and tasks are not who I am. Who you are is what is that inside of you that, that, this is what I like to say, that makes you alive. What are you doing that makes you alive? I like what uh, the guest Victor said when he said last week, he said he was looking for something to do that fed his soul. So, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of uh, expand on that, and I want to ask both of y'all, in what ways? Okay, so we know what Kevin's uh, uh, we know where Kevin's heart and his gifting is. Tanya, can you sort of talk to us about where where you feel your gift is? What well, that? What? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I don't know if I can articulate it, and I, and I say that for I say it for this reason. I think my gift, a lot of times I'm changing. I can't sit still. So there will be a phase in my life where I will throw my all into um, just encouraging people, much like Kevin does with Mm -hmm. real estate. I do that with the client base that I support um, in in business. You know, I, I give my all to them. There was a time and phase where I gave all that I had to my children. Um, but I think in all of that, if I had to wrap it up just for the sake of the conversation, I would say generosity. I'm learning that I am a very generous person. I don't like saying that out loud, but I look across the path of of my life and my the time that Kevin and I have been together. We have a um, a grandmother, my grandmother, that lives with us. She has been with us um, for 18 years. Um, she's lived in our home, been a part of our family um, makeup for 18 years. And she recently, about a month ago, had a tumble, had to go into the hospital, spent some time in a rehab facility, and I pulled into the driveway last night 
um, just to tell a short story, pulled into the driveway, and the light in her bedroom was out. And I didn't want to bother her, so I, you know, I let that go. But this evening when I pulled in the driveway and I saw that that light was on, I was like, I cannot wait to get in there and feed Grant. I just want to see her eat. I think all of that sort of wraps up as a, it's, it's gifts that I have. I love to give to others. So um, that's a long story for how I'm summing it up. Yeah, so I, I, I think the key that I, I want people to, to understand is, is um, th- this is my observation, is you all's gift compliments the other. And let me tell you why. If Kevin did what he wanted to do, he wouldn't have a shirt on his back. You know what I'm saying? And so y'all sort of balance each other but not be in conflict because because you still have a spirit of generosity. Now, um, and and you you still have a and, and, and what I always see is it's that balance that 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 that, that the way that 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 you, that you work in concert. That's the word that I want to use, and I sort of want to highlight that with the with the audience because you know one of the things I'm trying to get people to understand is is that when you're in relationship, whether it's marriage, whether it's partnerships. Um, no matter what, um, working toward allowing your relationship and your interaction with whoever you're in relationship, where you are being a catalyst for their giftedness and they're being a catalyst for your giftedness, um, produces a level of energy and a, and a level of, of of power that 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 can be that, that, that really can't be matched in in, in, any, in, any, in any other venue if two people are gifted and they're working together and they're gifted and they're working in concert it's really hard to beat them it's really hard to 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 succeed or 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 defeat them even to, to to use that kind of word i'm trying not to use any kind of competitive word but just but but the point I'm trying to make is that I think when you work in concert, because you guys work in concert where you don't even pay attention. is Like, I've heard y'all talk to each other, and I was like, yo. <laughs> you know, this, you know that, that this... Is, Patrick, that's, that's time, right? Mm-hmm. And that's also overcoming the fear of this other person is going to hurt me if I say what I really have, if I, what I really feel. We're beyond that. <clears throat> and, and I think that's a, that's a level of maturity that you get um, when you when you choose to do that, and, I, and I'll tell you why I use the word choose. And again, it's another short story. Um, Kevin and I went to a, a, I call them staycations, where we don't really go anywhere. We're just going to go to a local hotel and just get time away from the house, away from the kids. So we did this for anniversary or something. I can't remember. And we're on the elevator. We're clowning around, doing you know just whatever. And this woman gets on the elevator and she says, "You guys seem so happy." And we share with her that we were celebrating an anniversary. And she said, well, what's the secret? Um, and Kevin and I kind of looked at each other. And I said, you know, we, we choose to be happy. That sounds real simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she, she was like, wow, really? And I'm like, yeah, you, you know, you can, you, can have a, you can decide that you're going to be happy in your relationship. I think in business, I have to make the choice to engage with the customer. I have to make the choice not to be afraid to go to a business meeting and ask someone to bring me on as a business partner. I have to not be afraid to share my experience with my young daughter who may be about to make the same mistake that 
that I would have made and that I could have made in the past. So I think you have to overcome your fear in order to get to a point where you can truly relax around each other. Okay. So well, Kevin and I, you know, we just we've worked through that whole fear pattern and said, okay, you know. Well, let me say is. this: I don't know about her because she's speaking from her her vantage point, and I'll I'll I never even looked at it or thought of it that way, Tanya. But first and foremost, Patrick, I married my best friend. Let's start there. That's my best friend, uh, the closest person to me on this planet, and I treat her with such respect that that my children, you know, can come into a room and we may be loud, but there's no there's no fear of what's going on and running to protect mommy from the big bad wolf because I treat Tanya like she's my best friend. Now she can make me mad or she can make me angry. But I've never disrespected my wife in 25 years. I've been with her 32 years. And when you're with somebody that, that you know, that, that you love and you respect, then, you know, when we wake up in the morning, my day starts off in the shower with my wife every day, and we're talking the day. We start mm-hmm. off with our personal goals, what's going on with the kids. We talk about our business strategies. Sometimes she goes first. And then sometimes I go second or vice versa, and the other person doesn't finish the conversation because one person has to spill out all the strategy, and then they go on their way to work. We're still having the conversation. So our board meetings are in the morning and at night. And, you know, having your gift or operating your gift is not an easy thing because it sounds like it's easy. It's not easy being a real estate agent because I know – sometimes what I know is going to make my client happy. And although I have a lot of experience and I've done a lot of transactions, most of my clients think they know more than me. And you have to be humble. And I'm learning the key word called patience and allowing them to make mistakes and allowing them to come to their own learning curve and say, okay, you ready? And then continue down the road. And ultimately, the reason why I'm able to be successful in what I do is I love the fact, and I tell everybody when I come meet with them and do business, that we will be family. I don't market. I don't advertise. I said, but I treat clients like family. And because I care so much and invest so much in those people, that my clients get to meet the clients because we stop by and we're riding through the neighborhood. So, And my clients, mostly all of them know where I live because on the way through the neighborhood, we'll stop at my house. But my wife knows my clients. So... I can genuinely say that I have a personal interest in seeing people do well. And that's the manifestation of, I guess, the blessings of, you know, when you see them reach their goals in life and you get to come back and say, wow, I was a part of that, and you realize how important it is. And that's just how it is with anything, that when you meet people and, and treat people with the same amount of respect that you want, that's what I've been successful with that from, from that standpoint. Absolutely. You know what, Kevin, I think you and I have that even – at a, at a micro level in our own in our relationship as well. You know what I mean? I mean, you, you mentioned not being afraid somewhere in there when you were given, you know, your background a little bit and the time that you spend with your your clients, being patient with them. Although you are knowledgeable, you have years of experience, um, they may be coming in fresh not knowing how to buy a new home, and they want to tell you how it should be done like I want to tell you how it should be done on occasion, <laughs> just to be honest. That was all the time. <laughs> uh, but so, you know, I think that we're we're sort of seesawing on that 
what you experience in business and me, we, we kind of sort of have that as a parallel in our relationship too. Maybe that's why, I don't know, maybe that's why it works because we practice at it so much. We get to figure out what we want to do in a relationship at home, go and practice it at at work, and then vice versa. Not that we're doing that intentionally. It just sort of happens that way. Got you. Got you. Beautiful. Listen, so here's what I want to do. I want to, um, uh, Milton, you, you're on the line? Can you talk? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want I want to, uh, uh, Kevin and Tanya, you know, Milton's core uh uh, business is about, you know, helping people uh, be able to win no matter what the hand they're dealt. And so, Milton, if you could just sort of, you know, uh, pose that question to Tanya and sort of interact with them to to find out how they dealt with the hands that they were dealt and, and how it, both individually and as a couple, they developed the strategies they needed to, to, to succeed in life. Well, one of the things as I've been listening to um, Tanya and Kevin, how you guys doing today? Doing good, doing good. By not being rude. Uh, so, so one of the things as I've been listening, um, it sounds like no matter what challenges you guys face in your marriage, um, in your rearing of the children. Um, you were intentional about making whatever challenges you have work and 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 them seeming you know uh minimizing the challenge but maximizing the intentional piece of really working together and and um you guys say you've been married for what? 20, what you say, Kevin, 20 25 years? 25 years. 25 years. And, and you, you know, you say you, you wake up with the board meeting and you go to sleep, closing the board meeting down. So um, my question to you guys is this. Um, what advice would you guys give another team, a marriage team, that really have faced a major struggle, but they really want to work through it. Because it seems like you guys have overcome those kind of hurdles. <laughs> Woo, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a loaded, that's a loaded question because from the standpoint of it's, when you're going through and you go through, and there's nobody who can be married and not go through. It's impossible. And you're going to face challenges. Uh, my mother died six years ago, and her struggle as she was declining put a strain. And my father's uh, death, and my wife's father, I mean, mother passing, and my son being a diabetic type 1, and my son breaking his leg twice. And my, Tanya. You can go ahead and continue from where I'm starting at. Well, how do we handle these challenges that God puts in before us where it seems like it's insurmountable and we still have to overcome them together? How do we do it? Um, you know, Kevin, I think you made a good point when you said that that's a loaded question. But in, in all adversity that we faced, 
um, Kevin and I have always remembered that we're one another's best friend, period. And so if I have my best friend with me at my, dark, at my darkest hour, I know I'm not by myself. I'm not alone. I have somebody to talk to. When I don't want to be bothered and I get into a stupor, my friends are going to be there to lift me up. We, we're just going to be there for each other. And no matter what, if we, if we have abundance, and this is during times where we've had absolutely nothing. Um, we still oh, had yeah. our friendship. And I think that that's really important because but, – but I'm going to back up because that might be – that might sound superficial for someone. I can remember um, when my husband and I got married early in our marriage. We've been married a couple of years. Um, we're both professionals working. And – I was coming into my own from a career perspective, and there was a, Kevin's career was kind of stagnant a little bit, and that can. No, it wasn't stagnant. It was going backwards. Go ahead. Well, you know, I'm glad you put that on that. <laughs> he, he was, she, she was trying to be diplomatic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Dude, hey, hey, Tanya, could I please be rude and interrupt you for one second on absolutely. that? Absolutely. This is really important because I want people to realize that God can overcome a lot of things, and this is no, this is going to let you know the heart of where we are or where we were. I went to school. We both went to school for engineering, and I quit my job because my father asked me to come work for him. We had probably $25,000 savings, and my dad's business was flourishing, and I quit my job working for a major Fortune 500 company as an engineer to go work with my dad, and the wheels came falling off. And when the wheels came falling off, Milton, they came falling off. My sister was working for my dad. We, My dad's company collapsed. We had millions of dollars, was tied up in litigation. Me and my wife were taking money, and we were hemorrhaging. My sister didn't have a job, and she didn't have a husband. We were helping her try to sustain. And I watched my life savings, and my, our life savings dwindle to zero. And then we went from zero to tremendous debt. And now here we are, $30,000 in credit card debt. I'm looking for a job, can't find a job. And my wife looking at me like, what you going to do? <laughs> that, was, that was a low period for us. That was the lowest period for us as a, in a as a married couple because, you know, she ain't had to say nothing because now you've been married for a couple of years, so she's looking at you like, you know you ain't worth two cents. You know, what you going to do? I felt like John Q. You know, am I going to rob a bank? Am I going to lock somebody in a, you know, what am I going to do? And I'm spending time with God. I'm in the in the woods crying out, Lord, I know you didn't leave me here. And Patrick's over here like, man, God's going to bless you. I'm like, man, I don't want to hear that. Best. Look, right now we're in turmoil over here. And let me say this to you. What changed our lives was a coming to moment, a Jesus moment. And this is what happened, Patrick. And it changed our lives instantaneously because God can do some instantaneous stuff. And what changed our lives was we were drowning, and my wife always wanted to know what's the plan. I ain't got no plan. I ain't got no money, got no job, got no prospects. And she over here like, what's the plan? My money ain't enough. Let's start selling off stuff. I said, we can't do that. Let's downsize cars. I'm like, wait a minute. What? I didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, I got a, a letter in the mail. 
and the letter was from one of those mortgage companies saying refinance. Tanya went up to take give the kids a bath, and I took that letter out the trash can at 7.30 at night. And I called that number, and the lady said, what's your address? Next thing I know, I didn't even realize we had been living in our home for years, and we had built up equity. I didn't even know what equity was because we don't talk one to one another about what equity is, and I wasn't a realtor at the time. And then instantly overnight, we were to pay off $30,000 in debt. Our mortgage only went up $100 a month, and we were able to start saving. But before we did that, we sat down as a couple, and we cried. And my wife took her to strategic planning and wrote down exactly where we were. And in the center of this little perfected uh, corporate program she did, Bullseye, was our debt. And then she started doing bands of, okay, a five-year plan, okay, 10-year plan, okay, a 15-year plan, and a 25-year plan. If I can cut across you, because Go ahead. It, it really is, it's so much, it was so much easier than that. I mean, that, that, that's the... That's the glossy version. So for what, what we did was for 30 days, for 30 days, every red penny that we spent, I logged. 30 days. Every time we spent a dime, I jotted it down. We're spending X number of dollars at the grocery store, X number of dollars for gas, every expenditure for 30 days. And we had to come to the realization that we were being wasteful with what God had given us. I'm like, Kevin, wow, you know, I'm in the bookstore three times a week. For what? Why? What, what's this library I'm building? And we don't have money to pay our bills. Why am I in the grocery store three or four times a week? What if I went to the grocery store just once a week and made a list of what we needed, go in, make the purchases, and then whatever we need, that's it. We Once a week, only time we're in the grocery store. And it wasn't so much of us changing our habit, because we really didn't change our habit that much, but I think that God wanted us to be aware of what we were doing, because we had no idea. Tanya, that's part one, but I want to let everybody know the thing that changed everything for us wasn't the plan, wasn't the, the money. What changed for us, we came to a realization of where we were. And once we realized where we were, we didn't have a plan to get out. But once we both admitted to where we were, we acknowledged it. We acknowledged it like 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 a, like an alcoholic has to acknowledge that he's an alcoholic. Yep. And once we acknowledged where we were, we were at peace. Yep. Our situation didn't yep. change at that moment, but then all of a sudden, the mean mugging, looking at each other, and the looks, and the and the unhappy, we were at peace with where we were, and we were as one. Yep. And then God now, stepped in. And overnight took our situation from zero, and we were instantly out of debt within within the next three months. Now, if I may interject, because I like the fact, and, I, and for the listeners, I, y'all may be hit it. These guys hit rock bottom, where they could have looked at their hand and said, "It's no need for us to stay together." They could have walked away. And, and blamed each other for being in the mess they were in. But these guys came together and took ownership for Come where on. they were. Come on. And then began the process of a strategy together to change their circumstances for eternity. 
and, and it, it took them to acknowledge that God had to be the centerpiece and they had to take ownership for where they were. And I like that. That's, that's how you develop your winning hand. Now, Pastor, no, you can go from there, but that's a winning hand strategy. And, and no, because if I could add to that, just just to, to to pinpoint it a little bit, before we took that whole thirty day challenge to to log all of our you know our expenditures, before we did that, we were doing the mead mugging at each other. I mean, I would walk in the door, I didn't have to say one word, and Kevin knew what what was going on, what what my mind was thinking. Okay, so where have you been today? How many interviews have you been on today? What have you done productive today? I mean, I didn't have to say anything. He knew that those questions were going on in my mind. So in a way, I was indirectly blaming him for the situation that we were in, and he was blaming me too, but it wasn't until we looked at where we were spending money that I had to take ownership for a lot of the situation that we were in. I'm like, but, yeah, you know. But, but, but hold on, let me say this. Let me, let, I got to say this. This is so funny. I know a lot of people, a lot of people. And although we were struggling, you couldn't see the struggle because yeah. we still, you know, we still had joy. Even in the struggle, we still had joy, you know, with where we were. And I'm telling you, this is a true story. I'm at my job. I, w- I go to a job fair, and I had to muster up the energy to go to a job fair in Columbia. And this is what God has a sense of humor. And I get in the car, don't want to go. I got my resume ready, Patrick. I get to the job fair, and there's cars everywhere, and there's a line around the mezzanine, and I'm out there for two hours waiting to go into this conference room. I finally go into the conference room, and there's only three companies. One, you had to have a clearance. Didn't have that. Second one was selling cigarettes for Merrill Lynch, and the third one was ADT. I said, no, Patrick, that was the most depressing moment in my professional career. Now. The funny part was God was developing me the whole time. He was pruning me. He was working on me. And you were encouraging me, telling me, be a great father. You get, so, I'm, so while I was down, Milton, and people didn't know I was down, I didn't miss a school field trip. I took the roll of ironing clothes, washing dishes. You know, I put my pride aside. You know, I said, okay, well, Tanya's working hard. I can at least do some other things while she's doing what she's doing. And we became one. I mean, we literally became one. Then she got a, she didn't tell you, she got a job that she turned down. And the job that she turned down, God said, wait a minute. The guy said, said, wait a minute, what job do you want? And they offered her a job, and her salary almost doubled overnight. And God just started doing miraculous things to let us know he was real because we were on one accord, and we were at peace. When you're at peace or wherever you are in your situation, and you know it may not, you may not have the job you want, you may not have the house you want, you may not have the car you want, but if you acknowledge that God can change the situation and you wait on him with good courage and know that God can and he's able, just start looking around and start being happy for other people that are being blessed while you're waiting on your turn. Instead of hating on them because people got a car, just say, hey, man, how did you do that? You know, the pursuit of happiness, I always tell people this story. In the pursuit of happiness with Will Smith, he's homeless. And the movie changed in 10 seconds because he said, 
I got, I like that car. What do you do, and how can I get one? The man said, I'm a broker, and I work right there. I got to go. He didn't tell him how to get a book. He didn't tell him how to read. The next thing you know, that man's at the door knocking at the door asking to be a broker. True story. Well, how many of us has God brought into your lives to give you some peace or give you a little soundbite check, and we reject it? Woo! I like that. That was amazing right there. I mean, we right reject there. it. And, and now, here I am now, and I look around, and I'm riding people in the car, and I'm showing people homes, and I go into situations where people are divorcing or people are about to lose their house or whatever the case might be, and I got to make, you know, be patient and make miracle situations occur. And when I come into the situation, I already know what God's going to do, but I got to be humble, got to be quiet, got to be patient, and then watch them develop, and then they get what they ultimately want. Unbelievable. Outstanding. Outstanding. That's, guys, that's having a winning hand strategy. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. I, I hope people who are listening are writing this stuff down because it's, there's some critical core principles, and we're going to be developing some things and, 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 and making them available to you. But uh, I want to be a respect of time, so we want to um, got this one last piece is uh, I want to give uh, um, Alan and Kim an opportunity to sort of talk about because both of you all are, you know, uh, uh, Tanya is a, a an entrepreneur and a, and a business owner, and Kevin is a very successful real estate uh, agent and. Um, you know he's a he's a he's a he's really actually a, a serial entrepreneur himself. Um, uh, he has a he has an art business that uh, he also is engaged in. It's very successful. But um, Alan and Kim, um, you know, sort of you know, converse with Kevin and them about you know you know what you guys do and and, and sort of peer into how they uh, were able to you know, uh, allow their business opportunities. Because the reality is what they do is what is giving them, you know, a lot of the freedom to be able to do a lot of other things in their life. I think it's just absolutely awesome for people to hear um, that you don't have to start out with a silver spoon in your mouth to get where you need to get. As long as you got a strategy, you can get there. But you need to have a strategy. I, I hope y'all paid attention to that. Where she, where, where Tanya talked about, that they said some people they can never get out of that jam because they can't, they they can't even think about doing that. She said every red cent they they tracked. She's fun. Watch it. She's functioning in her in her gift now because I know Kevin and Kevin ain't gonna count every penny. Now he gonna track everything, but I don't think he's gonna be that anal. But he's. He's also, because of how he was raised by his mother, very cognizant of all these other things. So if y'all can just sort of talk and interact, and then we're going to open up the floor, because I know a lot of people got a lot of questions. A lot of people are, you know, sort of hitting me up. So I'm hoping y'all don't y'all get quiet when I open up the floor. I need y'all to be asking these questions. So uh, uh, Alan and Ke uh, Kim, can y'all sort of, you know, bring into this fold, you know, what you, you guys are doing and, and how... Kevin's and Tanya's story can sort of help illuminate that? Uh, yes. Hey, uh, Kevin and Tanya, this is Alan. And um, it's almost, I don't want to be redundant because I kind of, 
as I listened to you guys and 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 what you went through, um, it's the the the, the question. I, I'll ask it, but it, it's almost like you guys kind of answered it and it, and talk and uh, what I heard was you know you know the struggle that went on, but I also heard you guys uh, you know uh, uh, get to a point where where you realized there needed to be change and. You know, my question is, is um, Kevin, you kind of talked about, you know, where you, where your gifting was, and Tanya, you you, you kind of said about, well, I wasn't sure about your gifting, but then you gave, you know, you did give something uh, concerning your gift. But I, I, what I wanted want to ask is, how how did those uh, the gifts that you have uh, help you be successful? in your relative um uh, in your in your businesses for you Kevin as being a real estate agent for what you shared and then for Tanya um you know how did that help you in 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 building your company and being able to uh realize uh or or be able to operate and be uh uh helpful for other folks as you operated in your in your gifting if you could explain You want me to go first Tanya? Yeah, please. All right. It's really funny. I run into a lot of different agents, and, you know, when I look at how they do their businesses, and I treat everybody the same. And this is, this is you know, you, we get paid based off a of commission. The bigger the transaction, the more money we make. But I never look at the money. I always look at the people. And I know how important this is to those people that I'm servicing. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you treat the people with the utmost respect, and you give them everything you have, whether you're successful or not with a transaction, they will, in turn, tell other people, and other people lead to other people, and it becomes almost. It's funny. I never saw. Didn't I? Didn't shoot out to be a real estate agent, you know? And I love what I do. Because the byproduct is I get paid to just help people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really funny because, you know, I get up every day and I go to work or work for people and help them get their dreams. And that's all I've ever done my whole life is just help people. And, you know, now when I sit back and I look at the – the um, I, there was a time when, when me and Patrick first met, I was mentoring a lot of young people that were athletes who had fallen through the cracks and and – I help kids who are going to go in the military get a scholarship to a university here and another kid get a scholarship there. And now those those are grown men. And now, you know, let's say five years ago on our 20th anniversary, one of the young men that, that I've helped mentor, I'm at his guest table, and he's marrying his bride. And you start see manifestation of people that God has put in your life, and you see the – the manifestation of the blessings that God has stored upon them. You, 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 you get encouraged. But when you first doing everything that you're dealing with, and I'm for whoever listening to this conversation, and I'm going to shut up and let my wife talk. For whoever listening to this conversation, I want to let you know, sometimes you may not know where your gift is. You know, you asked that. My mother passed away, and she was afraid to cross over the glory because she actually said, I don't know if I fulfill my gift. And mm. I made a video for her of her life. 
And when I gave it to her, my mother said that was the best gift she ever got. She cried. She laughed. I said, Mom, relax. It ain't that big a deal. And my mother said, no, you don't understand. It's the best gift I got. Well, my aunt from Atlanta came up. And as my mother is transitioning, taking her last breath, I'm playing that video for my aunt. And when the video ends, my mother dies. Mm. Here's the beautiful part about this video. The video showed that everybody my mother encountered, her gift was to make them better. Mm. If you was a janitor, she would tell you, she would tell all her friends, you was my friend, the janitor. If you was a plumber, she would give all her work to a plumber. If she met you and you didn't know how to read, she would say, come by my house and secretively teach you how to read. If she knew that you weren't in school, she'd make a phone call to the university A or B and get you into school. She was just constantly looking for others and not looking at herself. And she did this for her whole life. And mm. and when she passed away, you want to talk about somebody who was rich? When she mm. passed away, and Patrick uh, uh, presided over my mother's uh, funeral, and he can attest to this, it was standing room only in a huge church. Mm. And when my mother was sent home to her hometown, she worked at UDC. UDC shut the doors, and they had charter buses to go to mm. my mother's funeral. And she mm-hmm. wanted to know what did she do to impact, you know, before she left. And I said, Mom, you were doing it the whole time you were here. You were taking the one talent that you had, and you were giving it all you got. How in the world can I do anything less than that? And if I had an example like that. That's awesome. I mean, what I wanted to say is very similar to that, but um, it's from a different slant. For me, working in, in federal space in the Washington, D.C. area, Business is so, it's so bureaucratic, and uh, you have all these hurdles to jump through. And it's difficult, and it, you have to spend money and to even get through certain doors. But I realized that every time I shared my story, or if I had a, a luncheon or breakfast with someone, someone maybe who's just starting out a few months behind me, they're right on my heels, every time I shared my story with them, or a tip on how I did something, I, I was reinforcing my learning. So for me, sharing my, much like your mom and what you've described, the more I give, the more that I share, the more, and I, I hate to use the word teach because I don't consider myself a teacher, but the, tip, the tips that I give out, the, the encouragement that I give to others who are trying to do the same thing, it's a reinforcement for me. It may be teaching someone how to use a business system that I just learned about. The more I teach them, the more I learn about it myself. I become an expert at it. So just being open and willing to share with people um, and not hoarding it to yourself. A lot of folks, once they get successful in business, the last thing they want to do is share their secrets of how they got there. They're like, well, you know, I went through the the hard ropes. I'm not going to tell you all my secrets. Well, why not? What are you afraid of, right? So the more that I share and the more that I give to others, the more that I share my secrets with others, the more secrets God gives me. Come so on now. Yeah. Come yeah. on now. <laughs> uh, Kim, I didn't know if you had anything uh, you wanted to share or add. Well, I just wanted to reiterate that, um, Kevin, what you said was phenomenal. Your, your mother's gift, she poured directly into you and that was in helping others and the great thing about both of you guys in business you guys do naturally what people have to teach people in business and that's customer service 
your customer service is extended in how you serve others in your business. And I think that's phenomenal, Kevin, on how you both serve each other, you both serve customers in your business. But the other piece, Kevin, you were speaking about is how you get customers without even doing marketing and and doing strategic marketing. And that's phenomenal. Could you reiterate a little bit on, on that, on how you gain customers and grow your business like that? You, you know what? It's really funny. You know, if you – if I was a company and, and, you know, Patrick was a client of mine, so he knows how I operate. But if 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 I go above and beyond, you know, we make a lot of money as realtors on transactions. And I'll give you a good example. I'll never forget I had a lady, my, one of my first clients, and she uh, had entrusted me to get her a house somewhere in uh, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. And she said, you know, Mr. Holmes, I've never owned a house. The first thing I want to do is have a cookout uh, with my family. And I knew that she took her last remaining dollars to get in that house. Well, when she got home, what do you think she had in her backyard? She had a brand-new grill. That's the first thing you got to do. That's the, you know, we're supposed to give, you know, you're supposed to tithe. So if you make making money, what was the harm of me getting her a, a grill to be in the backyard? Or I had a client that was a, uh, that was a friend of mine, and she trusted me, and she said, I just want to be able to have a, a home so my son doesn't have his bedroom in the dining room and apartment anymore. And she took all she had and, and got her first house. Well, I said, come on, we got one more stop to make. And I went to the bank, and I gave her back $1,000 and said, here's some money for food. I can't understand how realtors can make money and prosper and can't give back in ways that, and if you give in ways and you just give a little extra, I'm not talking about money, I'm talking about really caring. You know, I had a client once where the deal was falling apart, and and the appraisal was coming back to the house in one hour. And if we didn't get this thing resolved, the deal is, is, is going to fall apart. I went to Home Depot, got a bucket of paint, a roller, and I had on slacks. And I went and painted that wall and painted that room and called the, the guy back, took pictures of the, fix, uh, of the wall and said, it's fixed. You go above and beyond because that's what I saw my mother do for people. And if you go above and beyond for people, God can reward you and and entrust people that because this is a, it's a very personable thing. Some people you got to expl- share your finances with people, your spending habits with people. You know, I get to see people behind closed doors and see intimately how they keep their house clean or dirty and and not judge and then still try to help them. So it's a very you have to be entrusted with that. And when people find out that you can trust trust somebody, they'll share that with somebody. Yeah, that's beautiful, Kyle. Yeah, that's excellent. Excellent, excellent. That's awesome, that's awesome. So listen, we're almost coming to the end of the call, and I've unmuted everybody, and I know you guys have some questions. I know some of my my peeps in uh, Houston. Uh, I don't know if Dr. Bryce is on the phone right now. I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) Okay, I know you wanted to chime in. So, Dr. Bryce, this is uh, is one of uh, the amazing people I've uh, met uh, uh, back home in Houston. So, I know you wanted to chime in. So, did you have something you wanted to ask or you just wanted to 
sort of a... No, I am just humbly grateful just to have an opportunity just to just listen. Because sometimes as we grow, you know, we 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 can't get so um, so smart that we don't feel that we can learn anything. Um, I've just been blessed just listening to the testimonies and just looking at listening to everyone and everything that everyone's bringing to the plate, and I'm just learning. I mean, I'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to have to, to be able to just chime in to just listen to different perspectives um, on different industries, um, industries and. Um, I'm just looking and thanking God for the opportunity. Just excited for taking me in my life, and um, I'm just grateful for being on the call. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Is there about is there anybody else out there who have a question for Kevin and Tanya or something y'all wanted to ask? Is there something that was we discussed that you wanted to sort of uh, have us elaborate on? The lines are open. Yeah, I, I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I was just trying to ask you guys, um, um, how, how you guys to that and, and, um, you know, like, all things that you have been through, you know, um, you know, almost, you know, losing this was really lost everything. And, um, I mean, I guess, how, how was the process of, you know, you guys just, you know, just basically just choosing to be were you were you able to hear Dennis? I can barely hear. What what did he say, Patrick? Uh, Dennis, uh, yeah, you sort of your your reception is a little bit bad. Is there some place you could go where you can get better reception? Or um, yeah, it's kind of still a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not good. Yeah, it's not good where you're at right now. I don't know if you moved from where you at earlier. What, what about now? Oh, yes, yes, yeah, good now. Uh, I was just asking, you know, how you guys um, choose to be happy, you know, despite of everything you guys been through, and um, you know, what I'm saying, what what was the process like, you know, what I'm saying to, you know, to I guess coach each other up because I, I heard you, you guys were saying about, you know, you was making ugly faces towards each other and <laughs> getting up and, you know what I'm saying, and, and being mad and, cause, you know, a lot of that stuff is, you know, um, right down the street of, of divorce. So, you know, how how do you guys, you know, just stay strong and, 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 and choose to be happy? Well, well, first of all, you know, we had the first come to the realization we made the mistake. We we had to own up to. We were in our situation. You know, I made a bad decision. I'm supposed to be the leader of the family and the head of the household, and I quit my job to go help my dad. Thought it was the right thing to do. Turned out to be the worst decision I ever made at, the, at that time. And when 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 you don't have money and you're hemorrhaging, it's easy to turn on each other. It's easy to blame somebody uh, and say, "No, you did it. It's my fault." But the one thing that we did, once we sat down together, we never pointed the finger at each other. You'll never win a game in, in sports if you start arguing on the sideline. The game is over once you start arguing on the sideline, okay? But if you're able to to say, okay, we're in this thing to try to win it, 
and then you realize why you why you joined the team in the first place and why you're participating in the first place. Nobody likes losing. They, they, nobody likes losing it in any any event or any sporting event. But you get into the event because you like to compete and you want to win. And me and my wife looked at each other and said, "Well, all we got is each other. The, what's the worst that can happen is is that we lose our house. What's the worst that can happen?" And and once we realized that where we were and we decided we on the same team, God changed our hearts because we we weren't going to give up on each other or quit on each other. And once that occurred, she stopped looking at me mean. We start. I stopped looking at her. And Tanya, you want to elaborate on that? No, I mean, I think I think that that's that's the key. I mean, you have to take ownership for your own stuff. A lot of times, we want to blame others. And um, when you're when you're faced with that many obstacles, at some point, you have to say, "Hold up for a second. I've I've contributed to this mess." And 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 that's not easy. Again, so figuratively, you could use that whole that thirty day exercise that I went through. But it could be something as simple as just spending some time alone and journaling. I mean, I used to journal all the time, and going back and reading through, I'm like, wow, who is this person that wrote this stuff? This is, you know, and so just just accepting your own stuff as a contributor to where you are. And dealing with that, and just being aware, God somehow just comes in and He cleans it up. But you first have to allow yourself to go there, and that's hard to do. I'm not going to say it, that. To can you. I say something, Tanya? When I was going through that process, and it was hard to do, I would go to a park with my Bible, dejected, and I would read a scripture and start writing. And I would read, and as I spent time with God, it wasn't the time that I left that park that he didn't speak to me and encourage me. And I started working on myself internally. And you have to work on yourself. I didn't my wife couldn't give me no joy in a situation where I feel less than a man. I had to that's something I had to work on. You follow what I'm saying to you? And I couldn't worry about what the world thought of me or how the world looked at me. I had to do a deep, deep, deep look at myself as a man and realize this is not this is where I'm at right now, but this is not who I am. And I couldn't let Satan beat me up and make me and tell me a lie, you know, and and feel less than who I was. And I, it, I had to change my mindset. But God was working on me every single day. And slowly but surely, we came out of that situation. And I never forgot where I came from. I'm thankful every single day. And I'm not saying that we've made it because every day is a struggle. Every day is going to be a different challenge, you know, but you got to be thankful. And if God has blessed you with a, a helpmate or a wife, then honor God and respect her. Come on now. I need you. I need, I need you this to is Dr. Yeah, this is Dr. Bryce. And, I, and, I, and man of God, I just want to, you know, I, I really want to commend you for just taking ownership of that. And I think so often as we are, as one, we, you know, come together as one. Is we're not separate before the eyes of God. And when you can stand for the people said, you know, that I'm out of line. Because when you're out of line as the head of the household, everything else is going to be chaotic. Because we're not aligned with God, the expectation on the position that we have as being the head of the household. 
And I, and I commend you for that because it takes a lot. Because sometimes, you know, as humans, you know, that it's uncomfortable to tell the truth. It's uncomfortable for us to self-reflect. And once you self-reflect, you say, you know, I'm out of line. I need to get realigned with God and where God positioned me to be the head of the household. And when we can understand that, then everything else is going to fall in place. He didn't promise that we wouldn't going to struggle. But when we recognize our position before God, then everything else is going to fall in place. And we can say where we were and where we are in God, we thank you for allowing us to have that transition and to be able to have a testimony to say where we were and where we are today. So I thank, mm-hmm. I, I thank you for that, and I, and I commend you, man, man of God, for being able to, to recognize that. Amen. Yeah, well, you bring up, this is Tanya, you bring up a very good point about positioning because um, my, my, my fallacy in all of this was I was out of order, right? So when, when Kevin had fallen and we had lost all that we lost, and God so had it such that I was still working, it, it, it appeared as though we had a switch of roles where mm-hmm. I was at the head position and he wasn't. And you tell yourself that lie as a woman enough, a to- enough times, you begin to believe it. And so mm-hmm. I had to do my own self-reflection and said, hold mm-hmm. up for a second time. Regardless of who's going to work every day and making the direct deposit, mm-hmm. your husband still deserves headship of your household. That's do not right. take that from him. I don't care how That's much right. money he makes. That's so right. I had to go through a, self, a little transition myself. And in doing that, I mean, I, and I'll just, a quick story. Direct deposits would go into the, into the bank, and I would say, sweetie, do you think it would be okay if I could you know, get a couple of dollars so I could get some lunch this week? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving him the authority to say mm-hmm. it would be okay for me to spend our money. That mm-hmm. was an exercise I had to take myself through, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, positioning is everything. Mm-hmm. But, but here we go. With, i got to say this for the men that are listening. You can't abuse the trust. Yeah, that's right. that's right. You can't abuse the trust now. So when my wife put the money in the bank, the bills were paid. But everything was balanced. Everything was taken care of. She didn't have to say, is the electric bill paid, is the gas or the water? Mm. It was taken care of. And although I was in a hemorrhaging position, you know, from a uh, psychological standpoint of where I was financially at that moment, I also had a father who went through a divorce with my mother when I was a young child. And my father, my mother would say some mean things when she would get angry at my dad. And I would sit there and watch my dad, who was a tough man. And I would watch him, listen, watch him, and he would never argue back at my mother. And then my mother would leave the room, and my dad would say, that's still your mother. I'm always going to respect her because she's the mother of you and your siblings. And I never forgot that. I always had good examples, or I saw some examples. So when it was my turn, you know, now it's my turn. How am I going to act when my wife was going through and she would say something to see if I was going to get a response? You know, and, of course, I'm angry because I want to choke her or scream or whatever. But you know what? That's still my wife. That's still my best friend. We don't fight our best friends. I don't care what your girlfriend says or your boy says to you. You don't jump down their throat. You know, now you may jump on someone else, but, but you're going to jump at your wife because you're mad at the world. But that's the one person, and it's funny, 
whoever listens who's married, I could say to you, Patrick, that's an ugly shirt. And you say, man, you ain't buy it. But let Gwen, your wife, say to you, Patrick, are you going to wear that? You go to the mirror. You look up and down. What? Do I got ketchup on it? Is there a spot? What you see? And she didn't. She said, no, 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 no. What? What? You internalize everything she says because she's the closest thing to you. So the husband and the wife can tear each other up or build each other up. It's a choice. Period. Period. Dot com. Period. Dot com. That's it. That's it. So listen, y'all. We have had an amazing call. Um, and I know this much. I know those. I know Kevin and Tanya, and I can promise you, we could go deep into the night, and they would still be blessing you richly. But uh, I want to be a respect to everyone's time. And um, so it's a couple of things. One, I want to announce that we do have our venue for the conference uh, in in Washington, uh, in in the D.C. Uh, metropolitan area is going to be at the Jean Kim. Um, Engineering Building at University of Maryland, February 25th. And uh, we're crafting everything, and we're going to, you know, have everything. We were going to – I'm looking to have workshops because I want to have workshops. I think people really need to be able to sit down and be able to, to, to craft out. I think it's, it's, you know, just getting up and lecturing – is not going to be enough for speaking. It's not going to be enough. We need to sit down and really talk out and interact uh, about these core things we're talking about, about your gifting, about, you know, developing winning, uh, winning hand strategies, about, you know, really understanding what you need to do to be able to, to, to get a business up and running in a, in a, in a real structured way, not, not just some little one-off thing that you do, but really something where you can build on and build a legacy on, which is what I really believe that Kim and um, and Alan are gifted to do. So um, we're going to uh, end the call on that. Kevin and Tanya, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for uh, sharing with my audience, our audience, uh, Alan, Kim, and, and, and Milton. And myself are sharing with our audience, you know, what I get all the time from y'all. So I just want to thank y'all and appreciate y'all. And I didn't know if, uh, you know, uh, Alan and Kim and Milton had anything more they wanted to share. And then we just closed the call out at that point. Yeah. Hey, hey, Pete, I want to make sure that you um, uh, let your uh, listeners know where they can uh, get this uh, podcast from. Make sure you tell them about that. Okay. Well, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so um you can get the pie if you have an iPhone, you get the podcast on iTunes. And if you have an Android phone, you can get it on Google Play. So uh it'll be up shortly, it'll definitely be up this evening. Um and you should be able to go there, you'll be able to listen to tonight's episode and you'll be able to listen to episode three, two and one also. So subscribe, download comment um you know make sure you uh uh you know join uh get on uh the winning hand strategies and the business power couples page and like it and comment uh and oh, i Patrick, hope that, are you gonna are you gonna post that on facebook as well oh most definitely most definitely okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna post all the information on facebook i tend to you know uh talk to people individually about uh 
the podcast piece, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna post it on my page and also po- uh post it on uh have uh uh Milton and uh Alan and Kim posted on their pages also. Okay, can is it okay to share share as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, everybody. So I hope y'all enjoyed the call. Um once again, uh Kevin and Tanya, as always, uh you've been a blessing. And I hope you guys enjoyed the opportunity to share your story uh, with others. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and the platform. Thanks, Peter. We appreciate it. And Tanya, thank you, Kevin thank- and Tanya. Thank you so much for your transparency. You guys really blessed us tonight. Well, yes, you, thank you, Kevin and Tanya. Y'all were amazing. I appreciate uh, all it. All right. Yes, Bye-bye, guys. yes Bye-bye. and Kevin and Tanya, thank thank you so much uh, for your for your sharing. All right, thank you. All right, everybody. Y'all have a good evening. You too. Take care, guys. Okay. okay. Thank you. Hello? Hello? Hello?